Hey folks, Coach Simon here from Velo Performance. Welcome back to the podcast. And if you're new, I hope you enjoy this episode. So in this episode, I've got Coach Pete and Coach Sue come together and chat about training the off season and why we think it's important for cyclists as they hit 40 plus to be focusing on not just base miles, but to be focusing on strength training. We discuss how to get into it and what people should be focusing on when they get back into the gym and where to progress it. We talk about why just riding base miles over the winter is not that effective and what we should be focusing on throughout the year to make sure we get the most out of our physiology and make sure we're not losing strength, power and speed on the bike. And we talk about nutrition. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Pete and Sue, really cool to have you on the podcast. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so we're going to try and make this a regular thing. So look, let's not mess around. Let's jump into it. The whole point of this podcast is to talk about what people are doing in the so-called off-season, uh, the winter months, and why we think fractionally differently to maybe other coaching practices out there. And maybe the old school where people say, look, we should just be doing base miles. And, you know, I also uh, on the YouTube channel, Yesterday, I put a post out um, or my video that I put out about what I'm doing in training. I got someone right underneath and said, shouldn't we just be doing base miles at this time of year? Um, so you, you guys and everybody who follows us will know that our focus isn't just riding slow and steady over the winter. Uh, we focus on strength. And we also are making sure that we're tapping into certain parts of our physiology throughout the whole of the year to make sure we never really lose it. So one, let's start about strength because actually it doesn't matter which way we talk about this and we talk about it because our whole focus is we're trying to help people 40 plus get the best out of their physicality and their training so they can be better on and off the bike. So we know that strength training helps uh, improve your power and your performance, but also makes you look good, makes you look leaner, and it's really important for your long-term health span. So, Pete, I mean, as our resident uh, strength coach and Sue, who's got loads of information about training for women going through menopause on, on strength, let's chat about that to start off with. Yeah, I, I think uh, with the winter coming in the winter, it's a great opportunity to plan out sort of any imbalances they've got with their body, whether that's through old injuries or whether that's through changing cycling position or stuff like that but also to put some intensity into the strength and power work in the gym knowing yeah. that they or knowing that they haven't got an event to do very soon or anything and they can dedicate some time to it and put a bit more intensity and obviously as you come into this into the, the summer months when you can get out and about you can just draw back that intensity but keep that that gym work going and from that you can do that as we do already is that unilateral training which is yeah. brilliant for just rectify those imbalances you've got you get the classic where people have been injured do physio do rehab pain stops stop rehab pain starts try again and it goes through that vicious circle so i think the unilateral stuff we've put in already is such a good area to focus on first to get that all those imbalances ironed out for going forward with some real dedicated strength and power work which i think is great when we talk about unilateral training um it's you know we put that straight in from most people's trainings that we're talking about things like 
uh, step ups, walking lunges, um, single leg work, and also yeah. single body work as well, right? So one hand yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, with a single leg uh, sort of dead sort of Roman uh, deadlifts and stuff like that, it's really good just to treat those small muscles for the balance and the core as well. Yeah. yeah. Drink all that posterior chains sort of firing together. So, I mean, the thing, the reason why we talk about strength training so much is that, you know, from an understanding from a physicality side of things, as we get older, as we hit 40 and start to get into our 50s, we know that our muscle mass starts to decline. So the muscle function, as well as the total muscle size, can start to decline if you don't attack it. Um, and Sue, I think, you know, we've talked about this in our podcast when we talked about menopause. It's even more important for females to be lifting weight and weights, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the hormones in perimenopause as well, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, um, it doesn't help our tendons either. Um, and so you get like hamstring um, tendon issues and things like that. So that's where the unilateral work comes in really handy because you're working individually. Because <clears throat> you can also have the leg press machine and press it, but I can guarantee each leg is probably not doing the same. So if you can move it over so that you're doing one leg at a time or you're doing the unilateral work um, as part of your weekly strength sessions, then that is definitely going to minimise injury time, which is going to minimise time off the bike. And like Pete said, you can end up in that spiral of just injury, rehab, injury, rehab. And then before yeah. you know it, springs here and you, ha and you haven't got anywhere. Whereas if you can get unilateral work going as quick as possible, but also technique is important because you can't start lifting any heavier unless you've got technique right because if you haven't got technique right then something will go wrong or you just can't lift heavier yeah so here's the thing so i think a lot of people are, are afraid to lift heavy because they're worried they're going to get bulky and i think we'd all agree that if you take new cyclists on board that's probably the biggest resistance to getting training into the gym so oh, i don't want to get heavier um if you train correctly and you, you know what you're doing and you build that foundation of uh, strength endurance and then start lifting heavier with the right sets and reps not too much volume you get to gain that that strength and you're probably well you're most likely never going to put on the muscle size that you think you're going to be putting on i think from my perspective when people start doing gym work and they haven't done it for well ever um, is that change in body composition makes them feel like their muscles are bigger, but actually they're and they're firmer, and they've never felt like that before. So it can actually uh, freak people out. But I, and I always look at it this way: yeah, your muscles are slightly denser, but that powerhouse you're building over time is just going to be immense. Um, and the thing that I keep saying to people that I coach is like, just think about the long-term effects this is having to you. So when you hit ninety you can not just get out of a chair but lift really heavy stuff off over your head um and uh i'm not sure if that resonates completely with everybody that we coach but i you know i think when they do hit later stages in life they may well thank us for pushing them down that line and so with that with them pe people getting paranoid about getting bulky and putting more weight um it's just understanding that you're not you're not training like a bodybuilder you're not doing you're doing a lot of CV, a lot of cardiovascular work, which actually utilizes 
your engine and your fuel and everything else within your system. So it doesn't allow you to just solely focus on your muscles getting big and strong. They'll yeah. get strong naturally, but when your your aerobic system's getting utilized so much as well, your body hasn't got enough time to just develop those muscles to get big because it's working all other areas with your cardiovascular stuff. Yeah. So that, that's always a good thing to sort of be aware of. So it's not like you're training like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're in take 10,000 calories a day and going in the gym doing sort of three reps of just heavy weight. You're doing it more endurance-based and strength and power. So it's a sort of selection, different systems you're using within your body as well. Yeah, and that's, it's a good point, right? So you're doing two really key training sessions in the gym a week and the rest of it is very focused on doing your aerobic kind of training. You know, if you said to a bodybuilder, that's what we're going to do, they'd run the other way. Um, so, and the training is completely different to what a bodybuilder would do compared to what they do in the gym. Yeah, don't no, bodybuilders, yeah, bodybuilders get out of breath walking around the gym. Yeah. They, they can't even run for a bus because yeah. all they do is lift stuff. Mm. You know, that's it. So, yeah, exactly. We're, we've got a good balance of our systems. Yeah. And, and going thing, on to what Sue was saying earlier, where people need to train properly so they don't get injured in the process of trying to recover from the injury. If, like I did with one of mine on the eight week, he's, I mean, like an adaptive phase in the gym when they first started. If they've not been, they've never been in the gym before or not been in for years, put him in like a, a two week adaptive phase on all the exercises we're expecting him to do, whether that's unilateral strength or power, to get used to doing it at a lightweight, even own body weight, and then building up so they're confident. But also, as you said, they, they've got the correct routine and correct sort of lifting pattern where that push pull and everything else and technique and then once they've gained that confidence and they're happy that they're doing it correctly and not actually aggravating their injuries or getting injured we can then progress them onto that strength work pushing through yeah it's such a good way of looking at it if someone's new back into it you need to sort of fold them into training where they don't walk out of their first gym session feeling like they're absolutely broken and can't sit on a loop yeah, it's like, oh, when I was 25, you spent this. Let's go and do it again. Oh, no, come back. I'm broken for two weeks. It's about coming, bringing back the uh, – we want a routine for life, don't we? Yeah. We, we want yeah. them to be able to be confident, not only to be able to step in a gym at any point for the rest mm. of the year. What, if you're 50 and you're going to go to 90, you've still got 40 years. So, you know, if you can keep a good routine by going to the gym – twice a week for the rest of your life, then then that's yeah. it. You've got to start somewhere. So if that's a six-week adaptive body weight, moving on to dumbbell phase in the gym, what's six weeks out of 40 years? Nothing really, is it? So yeah. it's and, just- And as you get older, as you as you were saying about losing that muscle wastage, as you can actually get over 40, you also, your bone density gets less as well, especially doing a lot of repetitive, repetition stuff like cycling and that. So the strength and power stuff helps that. So you yeah. don't get, so you don't pip over when you're sort of 60 or 70 and brittle bones almost and you break a leg or something. You're a bit more robust on those later years as well. This is the thing. So Sue, Sue touched on it. It's like, you know, for uh, perimenopausal and menopausal women, it's super important to do strength training because it's good for their bone density. Um, and actually, you know, just from a general perspective as a cyclist, if you have a crash and you've never done a lot of uh, load-bearing work and all you do is ride a, a bike, then your bone density is probably pretty poor. Whereas if you're hitting the gym on a regular basis, you'll start to 
make that very strong. So you're more likely to bounce because you've got more muscle that's going to uh, help you bounce when you hit the ground. But also you'd hope that your bone density is uh, more structurally sound than a crunchy bar. Um, you know, so, you know, this is why I think it's so important for us to to be focusing on it. And the other thing, Sue, you just touched on this as well, is that it's not just a winter thing we should be focusing on. We should be maintaining it all the way through the year. Uh, and our, what we do changes as in how we do it and when we do it. But that focus should be there to try and maintain as much strength as we can throughout the year. So when we hit the gym back into what people term as season um they haven't lost so much strength they're starting back at square one again they're actually starting from maybe square seven um and they can really start rebuilding so they're always gaining over time um it's an yeah it's an interesting thing uh, yeah but also another excuse that you can hear quite a lot is oh if i go to the gym i'm too tired to do what i need to do on the bike but we we all know that with a good routine and you know the way that you lay your training out means that that doesn't happen. But also a good thing about going to the gym is that you have more protein because you sort your nutrition out um, because you're like, well, I have protein because I've got to give my muscles something. Otherwise, I've just wasted my time being in the gym. So you, yes. sort, your, you sort your nutrition routine out so you get more protein so you recover better. So then you can go onto the bike with a yes. good program. And you don't you don't have that effect. And then when the bike needs to become more specific, you just you just switch from the gym to doing more bike sessions, but you're still going to the gym yeah. at least twice a week. Yeah, and this is this is the difference between just ripping a plan off some internet site and then coming mm -hmm. to speak to people like us who understand how we fold this in properly to make sure that you are getting the best out of everything in your off, but also as you go into your events you're ready for it you're strong you're fit you're fast but you're maintaining everything so you're not always stop starting stop starting stop starting which is what we see people do all the time mm. and then they complain that they've got too old and they feel it all the time etc etc yeah the reason why you do that is you just don't have proper structure yeah because you've seen a lot of people when they come out of winter when they like as you said the so-called off season where they've done a lot of strength and conditioning strength and power they come into the season sort of april time and then they stop and I've seen it with so many people, other people getting coached, no, I've been told not to do it. But if you go to the gym and do loads of strength, and even if you have a couple of weeks off, through whatever reason, you go back, you're like, oh, bloody hell, I've lost that already. I'm yeah. not quite where I was. So in that sort of example, you're losing that strength on the bike when yeah. you stop. If you're not maintaining that, just take a bit, maybe a bit of intensity out of your workouts, if you've got an event coming up. But if you're not maintaining that, you're going to lose it. Really, you're going to lose it a lot quicker than you gained it. Yeah, no, you do. You, uh, and, and that's the thing. So I don't know about you. So in COVID, uh, I I had to stop going to the gym. I didn't have a home gym. Uh, I did a bit of body weight stuff, but I stopped. I just rode my bike. When I went back into the gym after six months, I was gobsmacked by how weak I was. And I swore to myself, I'd never take that out. It was embarrassing trying to do a a, a squat with a 20 kg bar only on my back. I'm so, how have I got that week so fast? I'm like, wow, okay, right, change, let's change that quickly. The other thing I think, yeah, oh, sorry, Simon, yeah, because that's what, what, I mean, we say it all the time, don't we? Uh, you know, if I have two weeks off, I'm going to lose all my fitness. 
you're not going to lose your cardio fitness in two weeks. No. But you will lose your strength in two yeah. weeks. So that's how that's the difference in in those in those two systems, and that's why we always bang on about you've got to do it all year round. You don't have to be building strength all year round, yet, and then you maintain it, mm-hmm. and then you build it again, and then and then you maintain it um, yeah. with good with good structure. But yeah, that's a mistake I think a, a lot of people make is is that well you know I'm just I'm just going to lose fitness. Yeah. Well, your cardio system will it will still maintain it longer but your mus- muscles your muscles your muscles won't <laughs> so it's for everybody listening she's had a cold so yeah the other thing uh, I, I again you know on the youtube channel interesting how people are very vocal on youtube uh compared to <laughs> other social media stuff that we put out and this guy was saying, you know, why, why are you doing VO2 and um, any intensity stuff now? Surely you should just be sat in aerobic capacity for the whole of the winter. And, you know, I think we're all agreed that that's not what we do. Um, because, again, when you're looking at the ageing physiology, if you don't keep working at certain aspects of it, especially VO2, lactate threshold, um, you lose that pretty quickly. And my take on this and that is always this is if you're just if you want to just ride your bike for fitness and just ride long steady slow miles for the rest of your life crack on and just ride steady and just ride and there is nothing wrong with that but actually if you want to get more out of your physicality and be in the best shape that you can be on and off the bike you need to think differently especially as you get 40 and 50 and 60 so my thinking is is VO2 needs to be uh, addressed on a regular basis throughout the year. So just because we hit December doesn't necessarily mean we don't do VO2 work. Yes, aerobic capacity is something that we have to keep working on because we ride bikes and we ride them long sometimes, some of us longer than others. But um, that's an aspect of our physiology uh aerobic capacity is one aspect of it but to raise your aerobic ceiling doesn't necessarily always mean that you have to ride aerobically everywhere you can do it in different ways and remember uh, and i think the thing to get across here is just that your muscle function quality uh, uh capacity all that sort of stuff declines over over time and if you're not training it in a way that you're fighting back at that then you're losing it pretty quickly um so yeah this guy was like so why are you doing this right now and you know why would you do any sprint work etc well you know i want to have that physicality to be able to to be able to hang tough with people you know if i'm going to go and do a harder faster effort or trash up a hill for a pb what what are your thoughts on on this? What sort of resistance do you get to to that uh, from people either online or maybe new people coming in that you work with? I think it's it's just more of a what people see on social media um, influences their knowledge, um, and um, thankfully with the clients that I've got at the moment, maybe a great way of it I've explained it to them um, and the work that we do that they're all happy to do you know at least one vo2 session a week knowing that they need to keep it close at hand ready for for when 
they want they start getting down to the nitty gritty of what they're training for for next year but mm-hmm. also as we get older um of course it takes us longer to recover from the harder efforts as well um but we just it's good to just remind yourself what you, what you can do and vo2 is just a really good way of doing that and just getting the heart rate up you know what 45 minutes on on the turbo with probably only 10 minutes work but you work out the length of, of each interval um that's that's not good but also it's very good for your metabolism as well and yeah. we know that and so that working alongside a good strength routine during the winter um we're not 25 year old racing snakes anymore that have been riding our bikes since we're 12 13 um we've got a big base already and what you what they're what they're trying to do and the reason why you see all the pros going out for six hour rides day after day after day with their mates and they'll be chatting because the intensity won't be very high and they'll have a cafe stop and everything else somewhere nice and warm um is is because they've got to for them to get any fitter for them to find that extra one or two percent that base has got to be bigger for them before they can build everything else on top mm. and they'll and, and to be honest with you they'll probably be doing some sprints as well occasionally during those endurance work yeah. as well but you but the that they don't tell you that on social media it's all no. about <clears throat> this is my i've just done a six hour endurance ride but they might not tell you the, the 10 20 second sprints that, that they've done in it Two two things to spring to mind there is is first off these guys are professionals right so they they have the time to be able to do all of that. also they're younger so they don't have you could argue the same aerobic pool as uh, maybe a fifty year old has ha- who's been riding a bike for a very long time because it's that compounding effect over uh, over time and I'll always bring it back to this it's like having sensible blocks of vo2 now bear in mind anybody listening says well they do vo2 every week i'm like no we don't do that we have sensible blocks of that placed throughout the year to make sure we tap into it and constantly revisiting it and growing it and making sure we're holding on to it for as much as we possibly can um but you know this is the thing so our physiology is different from a 20 year 20 year old physiology so they they have all this power and raw strength, et cetera, that, you know, we lose if we don't keep revisiting it and pushing at it. And that's, again, what, why we do what we do. Um, yeah, and as you said, it's just that time as well. That's their full-time job. So they can they can afford to do that 24-7. That's all they've got yeah. to worry about. So for us, with a with a day job and, and obviously over four is a family, probably a mature family in a lot of cases, you need to maximise the time you have got. And by doing it, like a 45 minute to an hour session where you're only working for 10 15 minutes the benefits you're going to get out of that later on down the line it's immeasurable really for the time you've got available brilliant and through different phases of tempo threshold and vo2 yeah it's only going to get get fitter and stronger yeah which is why again we say you know when people say i just ride long and steady it's like well i don't have the time to do that uh every day every you know monday to sunday so in the time that I do have, how do we how do I raise my aerobic ceiling uh, and improve the functionality of my muscles and my ability to shuttle lactate, et cetera, which we should be focusing on as we get older because that all changes. It, makes, it becomes tougher and it becomes because we take longer to recover from it. We need to plan it in in a way that we're going to get the most out of it. So when we hit our event, we're fit, strong 
and we've got to do what we want to do. Um, so much to unpack on that front. Uh, we talked a bit about nutrition, and this is the thing I think. Before we even started going on air, we were chit-chatting about carbohydrates and you know people blood glucose monitors and also um, we won't say about the, the guests that we've secured for the podcast uh i'll, I'll talk I'm about so excited i'm so excited i'm excited <laughs> I'm just, yeah i'm excited because she'll be so cool to talk about but i think with the general trends right now and i've seen this because i've been doing this for a while you see it uh talk about sugar carbohydrates uh insulin and now with the massive uh focus on uh, blood glucose monitors there's uh a lot of conversation and chat about carbohydrates etc and people being scared about them and we were saying that you know it's still that thing that I see with the people that I coach. They're frightened of carbs. They don't eat them as much as they should do to be able to power their performance. What What are you guys noticing? That people still massively under eat when they go out on the on the long run. They don't they don't understand the calories that they're burning. I think is is possibly. The, the the main the main thing and also in the back of the head <clears throat> again a cultural thing uh western culture is that we use exercise to lose weight I and mean, it's not necessary we don't necessarily exercise for performance um which th that's where I, I think the mindset needs switching basically yeah so that's such a good conversation in itself it's like you know i hear that and it's yeah you know i you know, I did that extra because I want and I did it fasted because I wanted to lose weight. It's such a cultural thing, right? You know, so the, the rhetoric in a lot of long distance, not just cycling, but running, is that the more fasted training that you do, the more body fat you burn and the lighter you'll become. And and I think it's 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 difficult and also slightly worrying that people still think this way. You read up on it on a regular basis, and you know that the only way really to lose weight is what you eat. Your body composition and how you control that comes down to calories and in your macronutrients that you, that you eat. But also importantly, in terms of powering your performance is important on terms of carbohydrate. Um, yeah, and a, a lot of people you find, and I, and I found it with, the multidisciplinary runners and cyclists is when they come into that that last sort of 20 minutes of their run, run or ride and normally you'd be like right hell now then like, i don't matter now i'm finishing but you're fueling to recover as well not just fueling for the the ride you're doing or the run you're doing you need it's all about the recovery or the other side is they go out for an hour and a half two hour run or ride don't take anything with them and then they're wiped out for two days because They've just had nothing in their body and their body's just gone in almost like shut for recovery and they've just wiped two of their training blocks out because of the simple fact they didn't eat properly they didn't have a proper breakfast and they didn't eat on the bike so this is so, something at bello we hammer home on a regular basis i'm sure they're all bored to tears with it but you know if if we can make people really think about what they're eating within their training to power their training and also their recovery you know it, again if you look at anything that we've written 
you, me, uh, and Sue, and you know, we just sit, keep saying our conversation is the same. Eat well, eat for performance. If you're trying to change body composition, you have to do that, especially when you're in pain blocks. You have to do that gradually. And the way to do that is on a minimal calorie deficit, thinking about the long term, but making sure that you're eating to, for performance and for health. That's the other thing. Um, and it always worries me when, when you speak to other people who aren't coached um, and they talk about what they're doing in their training. A classic example, there's a guy that's local to me. Uh, we went riding in the summer and he doesn't believe in eating on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not too much. Uh, and he bombed horrendously three hours into the ride. We had an hour to get home. And he looked, he genuinely looked at uh, me and the other guy that were riding with him saying, I don't understand what went wrong. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I know you're all about. <laughs> A classic as well is that they're like, oh, we're going to go out for a three-hour club group ride or whatever. Um, yeah, you, you have your breakfast. Uh, the ride is slightly faster than you think it's going to be. Um, but you're like, well, we're going to stop in two hours at the cafe. Um, so I, I've got electrolytes <clears throat> in my bottle and I've got snacks in my back pocket, but we're hammering it to the cafe. So I haven't eaten anything for two hours, but it's fine because I'll have a coffee and a cake while I'm there and then we'll hammer it back for another hour uh, and then we'll sit and chat and then I'll go and put the kids up and oh I haven't eaten two hours later after the ride and then I wonder why on a Monday or Tuesday I just I haven't got the energy to do anything mm. or you know or, or worse you come down with a cold because your immune system's it just hasn't got any you know your system's got nothing to work from that's a well, classic one the classic one that I see it's just like we'll go for a group up. It's fine. We're stopping at the cafe, but you know you've just burned. Do you think? Do you think that people do that in a in a subconsciously conscious in the hope that they're going to be leaner by the end of the weekend by doing it, and yeah. they have admitted it to themselves, but secretly they're thinking, oh, if I do this and hold on, my you know they know their training is going to suck, but potentially when they stand on the scales on Monday they'll be one kg lighter and they they've nailed their weight loss um and i think you're right that's a cultural thing as well uh mm. and an emotional sort of things and and a misguided way of things the thing is what i see is people do this year in year out year in year out and nothing changes physically for them but they still keep doing it i, I think that's called the definition of insanity uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I remember a client said to me a few years ago, um, we'd finally hammered home the fact of you need to see your ride as a rolling buffet. You need to be getting stuff in. Not when you not when you stop or, you know, learn to eat while you're on the bike. You know, at least be able to take a drink from your bottle because we can have carb powder in there and electrolytes because of the way science is now. It's really good. You can have it all in one bottle. But you've still got to be able to reach into your back pocket, get something out, have a couple of mouthfuls or something, put it back. But you need to do that on a rolling basis. And so she got this and came home one day and in the comments in Training Pete, she was like, my mates commented at me on how much all they saw me do was eat through the whole ride. And that, you know, they didn't have anything. But at the end of the ride, I was the one that was towing them home for the last half an hour. And I was like, mm -hmm. 
that's that's it and you know that there are so many people that just believe that it's the cafe stop or that's it or we'll just go out for two hours and hammer it but that's fine yeah. i can do that i've had breakfast you know what? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll eat when i'm hungry which is a classic yeah. and you're like well actually that point you're past the point of no return now and that's yeah. why you said that as your client if you constantly you've got to get in that routine and that habit of every 20 minutes just having sippy water or a little piece of an energy bar or gel and just keep keep going because you, you're fueling for the ride also for the recovery as well and yeah so many yeah. people go out and they're like oh i'm hungry now i said you're done almost it's going to be it's, it's, the, sit, it's sit the bigger picture isn't it that, that they don't mm. see they don't see yeah. like you said what they're eating in that last hour of that ride is what you're going to need for tomorrow mm. it's not it's, it's not just for that day yeah. Such an interesting conversation because I think people hold out for that coffee stop, don't they? They just mm. oh, I'll wait. I'll just wait. I'm gonna yeah. have a cake. I can't have an yeah. egg. I'm gonna have a cake. <laughs> no, you have both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've just ridden four hours. Well, you know, you can have but it's fine. Yeah. Well, I've actually seen people when I've been out in group rides that they're looking around, and if they see someone drinking, then they'll drink. Or if they see, oh, all right, I must. And it's like, come on, you, 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 everyone's going to be completely different. Everyone's going to have a slightly different routine, different nutrition. But, yeah, they look, you see them actively almost mimicking someone else on the ride. If there's someone who's a bit more uh, advanced or a uh, stronger rider, they'll copy them almost. Not a bad thing, but you've just got to be within yourself and find yeah. your own sort of routine. That's the thing, I think. Sometimes people copy bad habits, right? Uh, yeah. And again, that's why we keep banging on and people say, no, if you do this, you'll notice a difference. And uh, uh, Sue, it's quite nice when the, when you're, uh, you saying your athlete suddenly had a ta-da moment. I was like, oh, well, now I get it. It's only mm -hmm. taken two years to figure it out. But yeah, <laughs> but now I understand. All those holes we've had to help help dig you out of. And, and Pete, you'll understand this from doing long distance traveling. You know, you're like, eat well, feel well, good stuff happens, right? You know. Yeah, totally. It's so easy to go so wrong. You can put all the training in the world together and be as fit as you like. But if you get on an endurance event, if your nutrition's not, you're not going to do it. You're going to have a bad day. And that could be on the in the first two hours, or that could be in the last two hours over a 10 or 12 hour event. If you have it, if you're not on point, you're not going to perform, don't matter how much training you've done prior to that. It's so, so key. And again, I think you know we can do a whole podcast on this. It's like, where do we go? How do we do it? You know, what should we do on hydration? Maybe we should. Maybe that's the next one. Talk about that. Mm. How to fuel yeah. your training to get the best out of it, and why we think it's important to think about long-term recovery at the same time. Uh, cool. Anything else? Anything you've seen out there recently that you look at and made you put your head in your hands and go, "Really, we're still talking about that." Um, yeah, just apart from the, the usual diet fights, which are only going to get more and more over the next month, moving in towards January, are we going to see these random 30 day plans or the, you know, I, again, I, I saw a, a, an old, an old friend put on social media due to life and various other things, hasn't been able to exercise very much. Um, Christmas is coming, you know, you're going to eat a bit more, you're going to drink a bit more, routines go out the window. Um, so it's like, right, I'm going to ride my bike every day for 30 days. You haven't been on your bike, mate, for like a year, and you're going to jump on your bike and you're going to ride it every day for 30 days. So why? Where does this 30-day thing come from? 
or you know uh. it's you know it's like it's like the ten thousand hours you know you've got to put into something before you'll you'll fully learn it well it might take some people twenty thousand hours before they learn something and it might take someone else eight thousand hours to learn something you know why do we have to put these numbers on the on things you know 30 day plan well what are you going to do after 30 days when you're injured ill or you've just played had enough (laughs) yeah you're broken after the first seven yeah (laughs) Uh, look this is why we do weeks build weeks deload weeks build weeks because we realize that the recovery is just as important and you're right you know loads of people over december i can i can guarantee you in january you'll see loads of people doing it i'm going to run every day for the next 30 days uh, which is a classic way to break yourself yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point people are going to start doing some strange things in january aren't they um (laughs) it's just like head and hand moments and also you know i think i don't even want to go down the nutrition side of things it's like just well hence the reason why we've got uh i'll say her name rennie and uh <laughs> to help us out because i think that'll be a chat to her about those sort of things too cool well look, look thanks for coming on I, I i we should do more of these and I, it is you know having you guys on board is is wicked because look you know our the education that the people are having here at Bello is massive. Um, not just from a training perspective, but from a uh, a well-being stroke, uh, mental, um, sort of emotional understanding about themselves at the same time. So, Sue, you're super instrumental in starting to grow that. Um, we're really looking down that road uh, right now, which is great, you know, um, what we're doing over i think will really help people get an understanding about themselves um and get the best from their training and i think that mindset stuff is just going to grow over time um which is cool so and the whole point of what we do at velo is not just about training um it's about helping you understand yourself uh, and get the most out of yourself here uh on and off the bike which is which is cool so thank you because I, like Pete's post today, brilliant. You know, uh, and your post about stop, start, continue. Um, like loads of people message me and go, I love this. This is really cool. Um, message me, so this added bonus of the other coaches is just genius. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant. More to come on that front for sure. Um, sweet. Look, thanks for coming. I won't keep you any longer um and let, let's do this again but next time let's talk about nutrition i hope you enjoyed that podcast really good to have pete and sue on board the podcast to talk about training we're going to do more of these which is exciting now look do me a favor if you've enjoyed this podcast if you listened to our podcast before and you've liked these please give us a review on itunes and if you're watching this on youtube hit like, hit subscribe, and maybe leave us a comment underneath because it helps with the algorithm. I've said in the past, I'm not trying to be a YouTuber, I'm not trying to be a podcaster, but let's face it, we put this out to try and help people as they hit 40, going into their 50s and 60s, get the best out of their training and the nutrition so they can remain strong and still stay fast and powerful on their bikes. So the more this channel grows, the more we can help more people. So by sharing this it helps us grow this channel and 
hopefully we can get it bigger and invite bigger guests into the podcast on the podcast to speak to them about how to get even fitter and faster as you get older. Again, thanks for watching and listening and I'll be back next month.